ladies and gentlemen, young and old, boys and girls. Welcome back to the podcast program, Next Generation Youth Ministry. I am your very host, Pastor Daquan McKnight. Thank you so very much for making this program a very special part of your day. And I pray that each and every single one of you is having a blessed and a prosperous week and that you all are staying healthy and staying safe out there. We have started a brand new podcast series entitled The Top 14 Encounters with God. On the last program, we examined and we dealt with the issue about assurance. How can you be assured that you're saved and that you are on your way to heaven? And the answer is by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and in the power of his shed blood and in the atoning work that he accomplished on the cross at Calvary 2,000 years ago. Now today, we are going to examine the second encounter with God, and that is the Bible. Now, most of the time when we get a Bible for Christmas or for our birthday or for as a graduation present, many of us often ask, where do I start when it comes to the Bible? What is this Bible all about? It's a big book with dozens of pages. What is the message of the Bible really all about? Why is the Bible so important in my Christian walk? And today, we are going to examine that. Amen? Amen. Now, if you have your Bibles available to you, we are going to examine Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 89. Psalm 119, verse 89. The author, David, would write these inspiring words in which he gives praise for the beauty and the revelation of God's word. In which David would write, Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firmly fixed in the heavens. I like that. In the King James Version, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is fixed in the heavens. So today, I want us to talk about the Bible, which is the manual to everyday life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are so grateful that you have gathered us together to study your word. Give us strength today to minister your word to those who need reassurance. Lord, thank you that your word will go forth with power and with authority. Give every heart, every mind, every ear to be receptive, to receive all that you have in store for them. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we all say amen and amen. Now, I know we have came from the holiday season, but I want to ask this fun question. During the holiday season, did any of you all receive anything that involved being put together? We all have we all have experienced those things. As a matter of fact, say if you ordered a brand new desk, a brand new bed, a brand new chair, or a brand new bookshelf, or a brand new TV, whatever the case may be, when you take that item out of the box, and even though it has certain parts for it, there's always a special paper, and that is a manual. The manual will show the picture of the item, how it's supposed to be put together, which screws, which bolts, which wires supposed to go there. Now, there are often times in which we as Americans with our prideful selves, we tend to put things together without looking at the manual. And that's where the saying comes. After we try, after a few attempts, we end up reading the manual. And that's why they says, when in doubt, read the manual. 
You see, manuals come in very handy, don't they? Or think of it this way. When you're about to go on a fun trip, whether you're flying or whether you're driving to your favorite destination, one of the biggest things that you will need with you is either a map or a GPS system in which it will tell you where you should go. Now, if you try to go without those items, if you try to travel it on your own, you're going to end up on some part of the world wondering, how did we get here? And Lord, help us to get back in one piece. In the same way, many young people, many young adults have always tried to figure out which way they think it's best to live their lives or how they think it should be lived out. Well, I'm here to remind you, young people, just as when you receive manuals through the mail with the order that you ordered, with the product that you ordered that needs to be put together, in a sense, when you read the Bible, it provides you with instructions on how to live the Christian life. Some of you are like, does it really? Absolutely. The Bible covers a variety of topics. It is the inspired word of God. And just as the Bible is related to the manual, in a sense, and also, too, the Bible is also our GPS in which it instructs us on which path we should take. Because when you look at the GPS system on your phone, when you plug it into your phone, it will show you where you need to go. And the voice operator will tell you, take a left at this, keep straight at this, in a quarter mile, do this, in a quarter mile, do this as well. Now, many of you have wondered, what is the Word of God really all about? What is the Bible even about? Well, I'm glad that you asked about that. You see, when you open your Bibles, the Bible is divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, the Old Testament can be divided into four basic sections. You have, first off, the books known as the law, and it consists of five books. Genesis, which deals with the emphasis of the selection or the choice of the nation and people of Israel. In the book of Exodus, it deals with the redemption of the nation and people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt and being formed into the people that God wanted them to be. Then you have in the book of Leviticus, you will have the preservation of the nation and people of Israel as God preserves them and he teaches them how to be a holy people separated or sanctified unto him. Then in the book of Numbers, you have the direction of the people of Israel as God will guide them in their wilderness journey towards the promised land. And then the last book, the book of Deuteronomy, within the books of the law, it talks about instruction as Moses would instruct the people one more time in the law of God. And then you have the books of history, 12 books, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther are very interesting because within those books, like in Joshua, you have the entrance into the, like Joshua and Judges, you have the entrance into the promised land. Then within the Judges and in the book of Ruth, you have the time period of what was going on with the Judges, how the Judges will bring the people into accountability and so forth. And then in the books of Samuel and the Kings and the Chronicles, it deals with the emphasis of the establishment of the monarchy, the transition from the era of the Judges into the time of the Kings, in which how some of the Kings sought the Lord and how some did not seek Him. And eventually you will have the Babylonian captivity. And afterwards, you will have the books of Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther, which tells the story of what had happened after the time of the captivity. In the book of Ezra, it deals with the emphasis of 
rebuilding the temple. In the book of Nehemiah, it deals with the emphasis of rebuilding the walls of the city of Jerusalem. In the book of Esther, it deals with the emphasis of what had happened with the people who did not return back from the captivity in Babylon. And then you have the books of poetry, which deals with the heart of the inspiration of the people of God. And they are five books. In the book of Job, it deals with the emphasis and the importance of human suffering. And then you have in the book of Psalms, it is the book of worship and deals with songs of praise and worship that should be sung unto the Lord. Then in the book of Proverbs, deals with the emphasis of how to apply daily wisdom and also reverence godly fear. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it deals with the purpose of what is the meaning and purpose to life. And the answer is satisfaction is found in none other person than God himself. And then the Song of Solomon, which is a love poem, a love song, which deals with the importance of love and marriage and family. From there, you have the books of prophecy. Now, the books of prophecy are divided into two sections. You have the major prophets and the minor prophets. The major prophets were five, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And the reason why they're called major, because their books were longer than any other book of the prophets because their books were longer in length. In Isaiah, it deals with the emphasis of the coming Savior, Emmanuel, who will be the suffering servant, but will be the triumphant warrior in the end times. In the book of Jeremiah, it deals with the emphasis of how to persevere in ministry. In Lamentations, it talks about how God's compassions are fresh and brand new every morning. In Ezekiel, it deals with the emphasis of the glory of God and that it will one day return. In the later future, in the book of Daniel, it talks about the issue of the book of visions in which Daniel was giving a series of visions about what was to come in the later future. Then you will move to the minor prophets from Hosea to Malachi. Now, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi are very interesting books. And the reason why they're known as minor because their books were shorter in length. For example, in Hosea, it deals with the emphasis of the love of God. In Joel, it talks about the day of the Lord. In Amos, it talks about how we should prepare to meet God. In the book of Obadiah, which is the shortest book, it deals with the concept of the fall of Edom. In the book of Jonah, it deals with the emphasis of God showing mercy, not just to the Jews, but just to the Gentiles as well. In Micah, it speaks about the birth of the king, Jesus Christ, born in Bethlehem. In Nahum, it speaks about the fall of Nineveh and Assyria. In the book of Habakkuk, it talks about the fall of Babylon. Zephaniah deals with the emphasis of a call to revival. In Haggai, it also talks about the emphasis of rebuilding the temple. In Zechariah, it talks about how the king will come in the near future who will reign with righteousness and in peace and prosperity. And in the book of Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, it's quite interesting because within the book of Malachi, it deals with the emphasis about the days of Elijah. So those are the divisions of the Old Testament. Now, when you fast forward into the New Testament, it's a whole 
totally different ballgame. And the Gospels, the Acts, the Epistles, and the Book of Revelation. Just as the Old Testament have four divisions, the New Testament has four divisions. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which gives us the biography about the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of Christ. Then you will have the Book of Acts, which deals about the birth and the growth of the early church, in which the church was empowered by the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost. Then the epistles, now they're divided into different sections. You will have what we call the Pauline epistles. Uh, epistles or letter in the language would be letters that were written by the hand of the Apostle Paul. Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. Those were epistles written by the hand of the Apostle Paul. And then you will have general epistles. General epistles such as Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st and 2nd 3rd John, Jude, and the book of Revelation. Which is the last book of the New Testament, the last division of the New Testament, which speaks about the return of Christ and the dawning of eternity. So there you have it. A quick little overview of the division of the Bible. Now, many people say, well, the word Bible is not even mentioned. That is true. The word Bible is not mentioned in the Bible, but there are certain terms, there are certain descriptions that would speak about the Bible. What are they? We'll find that. We'll find out about it right after this short little break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are back for our second segment. Now, what does the Bible have to say about itself? In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 19, when Paul would instruct a young person named Timothy to take over the church in Ephesus, he told Timothy to never forget about the word of God. As a matter of fact, I'm going to start in verse 14. Let me start in verse 14 of, first, of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul would admonish Timothy and say, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus Christ. Now all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 tells us to preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Psalm 119 verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Psalm 119 verse 105, David would say this about the word of God in which he would describe the word as this way. He would say, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. 
In the same scripture, he would say in verses 9 and 10 of Psalm 119, he would ask the question, How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not, what? Sin against you. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19 through 21 in which Peter will write to the persecuted saints scattered throughout the region of the Roman Empire, and he would admonish them this way. He says, Because of that experience, we have a greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns, and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Some translations would use the term day star. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God himself. John 17, 17. When Jesus was praying right before he went to the cross, he would say this about the word. He would say in John 17, 17, which is one of my favorite verses, he says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is what? Truth. And then Matthew chapter 5 in verse 18, in which Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount would admonish the crowd about the word in which he would say that heaven and earth may pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So what do all of these scriptures have in common? Well, I'll tell you what they all had in common. They all used one word, the word. That's how they used to describe the Bible. They used the term word. Now, in our passage of scripture that we looked at earlier, we realized that Psalm 119 was written by King David. As a matter of fact, when you read the entire book of Psalms, they were all written by King David. A good majority of them were written by David. Some were written by Solomon, uh, Korah, the sons of Korah, Ethan, Asaph, Moses, and many others. Some have even said that Ezra and Nehemiah may have contributed to the Psalms as well. But Psalm 119 is one of the longest Psalms ever written in the Bible because Psalm 119 contains eight verses and it's broken up into 22 stanzas. And in that, it is the longest Psalm written about the Word of God. And within this Psalm, King David is expressing his love and delight in the law of God himself. So when you look throughout Psalm 119, you will see certain terms, certain phrases, certain key concepts that will play an important role. Now, I know most of you are wondering, what are those key concepts you're speaking about, Pastor McKnight? Well, I will tell you. If you have your Bible near you, if you have it open to Psalm 119, and if you have a pen or a highlighter near you, I want you to underline these words that you see throughout Psalm 119. It will use great terms such as law, testimonies, precepts, commandments, statutes, judgments, the word, word, and much more. I mean, all of those terms that you will see throughout Psalm 119 all speak about the word of God. Now, why is Psalm 119 so important? And I encourage you guys before I explain why it's important, read Psalm 119 throughout your day. 
Since it's broken up into 22 stanzas, use one stanza for each day. And the reason why Psalm 119 is so important because we have to understand the fact God's word is true and it is wonderful. God's word is true and it is very wonderful. And also, we have to remember, we must stay true to the Word of God no matter what comes our way. Now, I get it. You might get people coming towards you. You might have people that may come up to you and say, Oh, I have a new revelation from God. I have a new word from the Lord. Well, let me tell you, if it does not align up with the Word of God, don't listen to that person at all. In fact, the Scripture encourages that we prove and test all things. Amen? Amen. Now, is the Word of God important? Yes, it is. Now, when we stay true to the Word of God and when we obey the Word of God, it, 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 gives, us the, it gives us the importance and it gives us the privilege to achieve happiness and success. See, when you obey the manual, when you're building your bed or your desk together, it comes out perfectly without no problem. When you follow the guideline Everything goes right. When you follow the GP system in your phone or when you're reading the map to go to your destination, when you follow the directions there, everything goes smooth. In a sense, with the word, when you follow the word of God, when you obey its instructions, everything will go right in your life. And there are four reasons why we need to study the Bible. Number one, it is God's word to us. His word is God. God breathed out his word to us. In 2 Timothy 3.16, he uses the term, all scripture is given by the inspiration. That Greek word is theophanutas. Theo, God, phanutis, breathed or spirit. And from phanutis, you get the word phunema, which means spirit or breathe. In which it will say in Genesis chapter 2, God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Job 33 verse 4 says, The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty has made me live. And it gives me life. And in fact, in John chapter 1, Jesus is called the Word of God. The Bible is the written Word. Jesus is the personal Word. He is the personal revelation of the person and character of God. Number two, the Bible is reliable. You see, there are no errors in the Word of God. And the Bible has been distributed throughout the entire world to millions of countries written in different languages. You see, no one can disprove His Word because His Word is pure. In fact, even archaeologists can attest to the fact that the Bible indeed is true. And all the events that was written in the Bible actually were accurate. Another thing, God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And also, too, there's so much false doctrine within the world today. I mean, you'll have people who preach whatever message that they want to preach instead of, thus saith the Lord. Now, I know they might have good looks, they might have the intelligence and everything, but if they're not preaching the Word of God, don't listen to that person at all. So how can we apply the Word of God to our heart and lives? Why is it so important? We'll examine this point right after this short break. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to our last segment. I want to read two passages of scripture for you in regards to the word of God. One is found in Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. Isaiah 41 verse 10 is one of the most interesting and most powerful and perhaps one of the most well-quoted scriptures of our day and age. Because it would say this, do not be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you, and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now, why is that so important? Because we have to remember, God is always with us. And also, too, he has established a relationship with us. And also, too, he also gives us the assurance of his strength, his help, his and victory over sin and death. And then another passage of scripture is John chapter 20 in verse 30. After Jesus has appeared to the disciples, John would conclude that event by saying these inspiring and powerful words about Jesus Christ. He says, but these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life by the power of his name. In other words, to understand the life and mission of Jesus more fully, we need to do a study of the Gospels. John tells us that his Gospel records only a few of the many events in Jesus' life on earth, but the good news includes everything we need to know to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, through whom we have eternal life. As a matter of fact, did you know that when you read the Bible, you're spending time with Jesus because he is known as the Word? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Amen? Amen. And matter of fact, the Bible is about Jesus Christ. In fact, from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus Christ. It's really all about Him. Why do you think... In Luke 24, when Jesus was discussing with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, when they were discussing with him about the events that happened during the Passion Week and how they had hopes that Jesus was the promised Savior, Jesus had to remind them constantly, but doesn't the scripture say that the Messiah had to suffer all these things in order to enter into his glory? And it says in Luke 24 that beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them the scriptures. Can you imagine being in a Bible study with Jesus in which he goes through every book of the Old Testament and he says, there I am. I'm the Passover lamb. I am the bronze serpent. I am the tabernacle. I am the good shepherd. I am the suffering servant. I am the seed of the woman and even more. Why do you think when you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, it will start off by saying the book of the generation or genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and it connects Jesus back to his Old Testament roots. Remember, he is the fulfillment of all the prophecies, pictures, symbols, and types of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is not divorced from the person of Christ, is integrated totally with the person of Christ, is literally all about him. He will later say to his own disciples, if you search the scriptures, meaning the Old Testament scriptures, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, you'll discover that it is all about me. Glory to God. So is the Bible so important to us young people? Yes, it is. And I encourage you, Start reading your Bibles because you will find not just amazing stories, but inspiring truths, inspiring principles that you can apply to your heart and life. And as a matter of fact, I give you a challenge, young person that is listening, and even you too, adults. I encourage you guys to find you a Bible. 
I don't care if you have to go to Barnes and Noble or on Amazon, whatever the case may be. I want you to find a Bible and I want you to commit yourself to spending five minutes, 10 minutes or 15 minutes a day reading the Bible, journaling in your Bible, highlighting in your Bible. And while you're reading your Bible, write down some things that stand out to you. Write down your favorite verse or write down something that you learn in the book of the Bible and much more. And if you're unsure of what you're reading, if you're having a struggle, if you're having trouble of understanding what you're reading, ask God to help you. Ask the Lord himself to open the eyes of your understanding so that you may know what is the hope of your calling. And I want to say this. The word of God is so important to our daily life. It is the manual and GPS to our everyday life because not only is it inspirational, but when it says in the Psalms to hide the word in our heart, and when we hide God's word in our hearts and minds, it tells us that we won't be able to sin. In other words, we can be far away from sin as long as we have the word stored in our heart and life. Not only that, but we must also put God's word into work in our lives and we must make it a vital guide to our everyday life. We must learn to spend time every day reflecting on the foundation and truth of the word of God and reflect also on our Christian faith found in the Word of God. Well, that's it for today. I hope that this second encounter topic with God has encouraged your heart and mind. Please, please, please share these podcast messages with your friends and family. I love you in the Lord. Now, if you want to email me about the comments of what you like about the podcast, you can do so. You can email me at Daquan McKnight, D-A-Q-W-O-N, McKnight, M-C-K-N-I-G-H-T at gmail.com or if you want to send to give to the ministry you can do so by way of cash app and that's dollar sign Daquan McKnight capital D lowercase A-Q-W-O-N and then McKnight M-C-K-N-I-G-H-T I love you all we'll see you next time take care bye bye